It's time for the Film Crickets with Jay Fortier, Chris Martineau, and Melanie Howerton. On this week's episode, I join the Crickets and we review the 1984 American supernatural comedy film, Ghostbusters. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out your Film Crickets are on now. Hey friends and welcome to the Film Crickets. It's a podcast about the past where we revisit movies between 1980 and 1999 and decide beyond a shadow of a doubt whether or not these movies stand the test of time. I'm your co-host Jay Fortier along with my good friend Chris Martineau. Hello Jason. Hey, what's going on? And we have Melanie Howerton, also my good friend and co-host. How are you Melanie? Good, how are you doing? Doing good. And uh, today we have Steve Lavoy. He is the guy who does all the intros, as you heard, and uh, he does also the Final Judgment music, you know, theme. You know, he does the voice anyway. And uh, welcome, buddy. What's going on, man? Yeah, doing well. We're going to talk about Ghostbusters today. That's right. Yeehaw. Yeah. Um, g- good times. Uh, this uh, who who chose Ghostbusters? I did. Is this yeah. like Steve's? You did. All right. Um, so, so I guess the question, and Steve, by the way, um, what, what, what are we drinking today, Steve? Do you like that? I was, I was wondering if you could see it. It's a Tula yes. from Megadeth. It's a Megadeth beer. So, uh, pretty cool. Yeah. It's a uh, very cool yeah, song. So cool. Man. Oh my God, yeah. Really? Yeah. A Belgian style. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's actually a good beer. And it's, uh, oh, right. I, I found it. And whenever I find, especially rock and roll beer, if I find one, I gotta try it. I've I've had Iron Maiden has some, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's a Megadeth, a Tulamone. I can nice. dig it. Well, you know, it's for everyone. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. See the serial killer wine they have. No. Well, it's nineteen like crimes. Real serial killers, and it's like a pitcher. Yeah, nineteen crimes. Nineteen crimes. Nineteen crimes. I got nineteen. Nineteen crimes. Is it? It has a like a a, a prisoner. It's like they're. Their mugshot yeah, on the mug front, shot, yeah. and they actually have one. They have one in the. Uh, they sell wall, uh, wine in Walmart in Washington D.C. I don't know if that's a great idea, wow. but they do. <laughs> uh, and they have the Snoop Dogg edition of Nineteen Crimes. Um, no weed in it, uh, but Snoop Dogg is right there, and I, I like me some Snoop. Not that I'm big on that music, but I do like me some Snoop Dogg. Yeah, he's, he's just pretty, fun. He's awesome. He, he he's already, I don't know. Is he chill? I'm not sure. So yeah. anyway, um, so we're talking Ghostbusters. And, uh, this is, uh, this is obviously, uh, uh, um, spoiler alert. Um, it's a really good movie. Uh, it, Jay, isn't this one of those when we first started out? Like, so the film crickets has a storied past. And when we first started out, we used to like randomly select like dates, like movie years and its placement. And I think one year, one time we, we randomly got Ghostbusters. And we looked at each other and went, nah. Maybe. It's too, it's well, too no, good. No. He, you was understand. it that? Uh, yeah. No, no. The, the one we got was yeah. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, right. and the thing was, <laughs> it's not that we can't do it. We can. Um, yeah. But when we were first starting, mm-hmm. it was almost like, wow, the debate or the, the, the speech about this is going to be, to sum it up, it's going to be like, what'd you like about it? Everything. What didn't you like about yeah. it? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. That was the film crickets, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it felt like there wasn't going to be much, like, you know, like covering it. You know, like it was just, I, I don't yeah. know. So we were like trying to avoid. Uh, in fact, what we were doing, I think, at first, just to not have just blockbusters, you know, I mean, we we're just trying to, like, mm-hmm. you know, have a little more depth on what we were talking about. Um, right. Was to, de- we, we decided. Uh, secretly, I think we were doing it, uh, like without telling everybody we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were randomly choosing them from 11 to 50, not the top 10. Yep. We were staying out of the yep. top 10 for a while just because it's like we didn't want just gems. Because mm-hmm. it right. was like, got, you know, but we now got Empire Strikes Back. We got Empire Strikes Back once. Wow. Like, what? What are you going to say? It's like the best Star Wars movie of a multi billion dollar franchise. I, I <laughs> like, think oh, so. I don't know. When I watch when I watch movies for your show, it's like okay, and and this is where I'm not maybe a spoiler alert. I don't know. Uh, this movie, I remembered it, I liked it, but mm-hmm. it's the whole thing is does it stand the test of time? And that's where the right. twist comes in. It could be a great yeah. movie, but does it stand mm-hmm. the test of time? So I think that's where 
you know, where Ghostbusters or some of these other films, we're not mm-hmm. saying it's a bad movie or a good movie, whatever. No, of course but not. trying to figure out, does it stand a test of time? And that's where it's tricky sure. to be on this show, to be honest with you. Right. Oh, I agree. I agree. That's where the, the twist is, right? Because it, it isn't a matter of, of if it has a soft spot, whether or not it holds up. So so let's get at it, right? So so look, there's this movie. It's called Ghostbusters. I don't know if you know about it. It's mm-hmm. about these three guys that, well, four guys, sorry, uh, four guys um, that, uh, you know, they bust them ghosts. And um, there's a lot of, this has a storied past. I'm sure it's got some, I know it's got some really interesting trivia. Uh, however, the question I want to ask is, has anyone, now usually I say it was the last time you saw this movie. Did anyone rewatch this movie before this this showing? You guys did? All right, cool. Um, Jay, you didn't? No, it was like a half. Yeah. I, 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 I watched the first half and chaos yeah. in my house was pretty high. And I was no, like, right. I don't need this. Like, I got it. Yeah, I've like, seen like, it. Yeah. It's just, you it, just called the Ghostbusters. They could have solved your problem. Yeah. Right, right, That's right, true. right. Uh, no, but it was busters. just, it was like, uh, you know what? It, listen, if it were something that I didn't mm-hmm. know well, I would have found yep. a way. I would have, you know, had bloodshot eyes yep. trying to do it, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, it was like, no, I got this. This is easy. You know, as far as remembering same, it all. Right. I was in the same boat. It was like, I, I know I, I literally will watch this four times a week. Um, when I was a kid and I'll get into, I'll get into why, like I watched it so many times. So I'm not even going to start with that. Um, I, I think like most people have seen it a lot, at least during Halloween. It's, you know, it's kind of in, in high rotation during the Halloween season. Um, I will say this before we get into the, the breakdown here. Um, I never owned it. I only had a pirated copy, but it is the first movie I saw twice in the theater. Like I had someone and I was young. This is 1984. So I was 10. I had no money. So I convinced. My mom once and my sister once to pay for my ticket to go twice. Mm. Because this movie, let me tell you something, okay? And I don't know where you guys are on this, but I'm a sci-fi fan, and I, everybody knows I'm a science teacher, I'm a man of science. But when I don't talk about science, I love ghosty stuff. I like alien stuff. I like Bigfoot stuff. Because it's the furthest thing from science you can possibly get. Because I do science all day long in one way or another. So I don't want to do science. Like, when I, I don't want to watch like documentaries about science. I want to hear about ghosties and stuff. So when I was a kid, I rent, I rented, sorry. I took out every book in the library on true ghost stories. Every single one, I read all of them. And I was a sci-fi guy. And then there was this movie coming out called Ghostbusters where guys looked for ghosts and had laser beams on their backs. I mean, it, this movie was pretty much made for me. Mm. I felt like finally they made my movie. Um, and it was funny, and it was kind of scary. Uh, so, so this is where I stand. Does anybody else have like this warm spot in their heart for Ghostbusters, or did you just think it was cool? Like I felt it was made for me. Um, so this is kind of in high rotation for me too. I have it on DVD. Um, I've showed it to people that haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of watch this, and I know it's sad to say, but. Probably as much as Gremlins, so I have that on DVD too. So both of them, I kind of watch probably around the same couple times a year, two or three times a year. Um, but I've always loved it, and I love the beginning of this movie with the ghost in the library. That mm-hmm. just kind of gets you. Yep. Um, so yeah, I love it. Um, I, I definitely will always love it. I think. Okay, so it's just, but it's just something you just found entertaining. Like, what is it about this movie that it's so? That it's so? I don't know. It just hits on a lot of levels. Again, we haven't answered whether it holds up. I'm just talking about why it was such a phenomenon. Steve, where, where are you, like, like, do you just think it was cool, or am I the only one that was like, this movie is made for me when they were well, small? What do you think? I think it had action, but it also had that comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think I liked it as a kid because of it was, you know, it was kind of an action kind of movie. Like, there was always something going on with the laser stuff. and But at the same time, there were a lot of jokes. And maybe I didn't understand all the jokes as a kid either. I think there was mm-hmm. some maybe adult humor in, in there as well. Uh, oh, yeah. But- but it was, but it was funny, and and you know, it was it was just a it, without being kind of like Star Trek, which is a little more serious. Um, mm-hmm. It was it had a little bit of that. So yeah, I mean, I I, I thought it was cool. You know, I, I didn't I, I don't know if it was like oh my god, I got to be a Ghostbuster type thing. I can't you know, mm-hmm. but but it was it was funny, and I and I definitely liked it. Yeah, now, Steve, I'll tell you this, and Jay, before we get way off the rails here, I want to say this one thing, and if we we'll hit the 
we'll hit the IMDb breakdown because then I got a, a thousand questions just came up in my head. But uh, Steve, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tag on to what you just said because I was such a big like true ghost story fan back in the day, right? I told you I took out all the books that I could find, uh, and I love the pictures that would be in the books of the like, little like people that look like you know fog and stuff. And I'll tell you what, man, I watched this movie, and here's Peter Venkman. And he says, you know, what are your credentials? And they say, well, I've got a doctorate in both psychology and parapsychology. And I went, you can go to school for this? Are you serious? I'm like, I could. So for a while, and my sister was a psychology major at Rhode Island College. And I'm like, wait a minute. My sister's in psychology. And there's some, you can get a PhD in Paris. I, I have got to do this. You don't know how disappointed I was when I became a little closer to college age. I'm like, wait. You actually can't get a deg- an advanced degree in parapsychology. That was such a bummer. You can be a hobbyist, but I was kind of crushed. You know, it was like the the world, the reality coming back. Like, oh wait, you actually can't make money off of this. Well, like, that's um, kind of like how the lady was in um in Poltergeist. Sure. Remember her saying that. Yeah. She's like, uh, she goes, oh, I feel embarrassed. She goes, you feel embarrassed. She and she was talking about how like, like her degrees and everything. This is not something that normal mm-hmm. people go to school for. There's no degree for something like this. Yeah, you know, I, remember that? I was so bummed out. I think I used to tell people like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I think mm-hmm. I said a parapsychologist because I just didn't know like it wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of those things you can become an expert in the field though without having a degree. So. So if you, I mean, there are groups that people call upon mm-hmm. when there are hauntings that they yeah. call upon these people and say, hey, come over, sleep, you know, spend the night, spend the weekend, and tell yeah. me if you think this place is haunted. They don't yeah. have degrees, but it's something that they're very interested in, and they become their own experts at that point. Sure. Like Ed and Lorraine Warren. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm interested in a lot of things, but I don't know that I'm an expert. Jay, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say a lot of people get disappointed when they uh, look at all the islands down in the south and they go, where the hell is Kokomo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like Kokomo. I know. I can't go to Kokomo. Yeah. Uh, all right. They all right. didn't realize there was a made-up song, a made-up uh, yes. uh, island for the uh, Beach Those Boys song. Beach Boys. Well, I didn't actually uh, fully get to answer the question either. Um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jay. Go. It's all right. You're all right. One is the loneliest. <laughs> um, no, but uh, my thing is, I saw it on opening. I think I was opening weekend. It's like one of those things, like you know, it was very close mm-hmm. to the opening if it wasn't. Um, and I really, really loved it a lot. Um, probably mm-hmm. not to your level uh, to that where yeah. it was like all the time. Um, but really, it. Be, I think. I think basically, and we'll cover it. But I think it's because it was such an original idea. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? It's really like nothing else was out there like this. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and, and I'm sure, Melanie, I don't know if you've got this as trivia, um, of what its origin was supposed to be. I do. Okay. So we'll get, we'll cover that and, too. And actually, I feel the same way. I was going to say that there's, if you think about all the movies that you've ever seen, there's nothing that was ever like this. Like, yeah. literally nothing. And nope. there still isn't, except for the remakes. But, um, nothing has ever been like this. And, and I do have a little thing about Dan Aykroyd. Um, I remember actually doing some research on this actually before this show because I had watched Ghostbusters and I just wanted to learn more about it. And it was funny because it was before I did this. But Dan Aykroyd actually wrote the original script, which I thought was pretty cool um, because he actually was really creative. He actually wrote the original script for the Coneheads and everything when he was on SNL. Mm-hmm. But um, so he was a, he was really creative. But the reason why he wrote this was because his mom thought that she could actually see ghosts. Mm-hmm. And his dad, you know, was totally in this and he actually wrote a book of history of ghosts. Mm-hmm. And so he was kind of brought up with this, uh, you know, life and his grandfather believed in mediums and everything. And like this, his whole entire family believed in this and kind of brought him up in this way. So when he wrote this original script, he wrote it in mind with John Belushi, which is one of his best friends. And they were supposed to be much scarier and a little bit darker. And they were supposed to be in space and going through different time zones, mm-hmm. fighting different paranormal um, ghosts and different paranormal things. And um, so when John Belushi died, he had Ramus come in, if I'm saying that correctly. Yep. yep. Um, and he hired him and they kind of rewrote the script and they wanted to do it in New York and make it a little bit more realistic. And they put all that humor into it. And um, Dan Aykroyd loved things like 
from the 20th century as of such like I like as um, uh, Abbott and Costello, you know, meet the, the ghosts and the monsters and all that kind of thing. So he kind of thought that was cute to kind of bring a little bit of scary in with the comedy. And they just kind of went back and forth kind of rewriting the entire thing and came up with this, which was amazing. And it was really the most, one of the most successful films of the 80s and the, um, the song also was like a number one hit at the time. So they did a pretty good job. They mm -hmm. had a, a 30 million, oh no, it was, it was a 30 million, $30 million budget, mm -hmm. which was insane uh, to do this. And the special effects was like huge back then. <laughs> Um, huge as far as how much money they spent for everything, but yeah, he he was he kind of was the creator of all of this, and I never knew that 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 Dan Aykroyd actually wrote the original script, and I thought that was pretty cool. And the Stay Puft Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was actually, even though he was going to go through different time zones, he still wanted that was still his in his original script, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. The big well, final add, boss was always the Marshmallow Man. All right, well, yeah. let me just add real quick. I'm thankful, not that yeah. you know, I'm not saying thankful that John Belushi died, but thankful that. It, no, no, I, I want to make sure that's clear that I'm thankful that it evolved from that awful idea yes. about going through time and yes. space. Like, you know, I mean, like, yeah. that wouldn't have been mm -hmm. nearly as interesting. I don't think it would have been as successful as it is now. And it wouldn't. I, I can pretty much guarantee it probably wasn't going to hold up. No, I don't know. You're right. You're totally right. Yeah. So it seems like a pretty convoluted story that would be very difficult to put in one sentence, but. I do think it's time for the IMDb breakdown. So right. let's hit it, Jay. What do we got? It's time now for the one sentence synopsis from the IMDb. Three parapsychologists forced out of their university funding set up shop as a unique ghost removal service in New York City. Attracting frightened, skeptical customers. The film crickets are on now. I hope you will be lucky and I hope you enjoy the show. What happened? I think the tape got stuck inside the, uh, the, 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 it got jammed. Like, you know, it got eaten by the, by the magnets. I think it thought there was some, some, some backmasking, like some like beetles. <laughs> What's that, Steve? You, you believe I, in them now? I'm blaming the ghosts. It's oh, the right. ghosts, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we uh, please do Beetlejuice one day, all of four of us right now? Can sure. Can we please do Beetlejuice one day? That'd be something. And um, Steve, I want you on that one. All right. <laughs> I, don't have, so I don't have as warm of fuzzies about that one, though. I, I okay, you know what? I'm That's... sorry. You can cut this out. But literally, <laughs> she's going to fucking like, kill me now. There's plays and college <laughs> no, 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 plays no. and all this shit about it. It's huge. You no, 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 no. I, I just don't like it that much. I think it's great. You need to watch it again. I think it's uh, great. I, I, I unfortunately will have to. You don't get a bottle of wine and you yep. go watch it again. That's all I have to say. Unfortunately. unfortunately. Yeah, no, hey, we all like say different things, you know? All right, yeah, you ready? Cool. You like all, right, all right, all right. So, oh, yeah. Ghostbusters was directed by Ivan Reitman. Uh, yeah. The writers are Dan Aykroyd uh, and Harold Ramis, and Rick Moranis has an uncredited um, role to this movie. Uh, it stars Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, Annie Potts, William Atherton, Ernie Hudson, uh, David Margulis, and a host of others that I will not get to. And before I get in any further... Um, Sigourney Weaver is the best. If you've ever listened to any interview with Sigourney Weaver, she seems super down to earth. She's really ballsy. I love her in everything. Um, she's great in Galaxy Quest. She's great in Alien. She's great in Ghostbusters. She's good in everything. And she'll be very honest with you. And again, I'm not going to do a tirade on Sigourney Weaver, but she did Alien. Then she did Aliens and she wasn't going to do Alien 3. And they kept going to her like, we need you for this movie. And she said she wasn't. And then they, I watched an interview and they said, why did you eventually do Alien 3? And she said, quite honestly, they backed up a jump truck full of money. <laughs> like, Good for you. Like, just be honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but she's very working class. She always like, she feels that she's part of the crew, that she's like, she advocates for the, the behind the scenes people. She's fantastic. Very down to earth. And she's wonderful. So, but. Let's move I like her in Copycat. Yep. Copycat was an amazing movie, and she was amazing in She's it. basically good in everything. She's so strong. She's so good. Um, so anyway, let's get at it. Look, Bill Murray. Who doesn't want to be Bill Murray in this movie? Like, who doesn't want to be Bill Murray? I ask you. Like, he's the thing that kind of sets... Dan Aykroyd's great. Uh, Harold Ramis is great. Every, a lot of funny bits in this. But who doesn't... And I think this is what appealed to me as a kid... 
because he's rebellious, but he's not an asshole. He's just like uh, no, he's he is abrasive his... though. Like with the ladies, he's abrasive. Like yeah. okay, all right, it's so a little too over the me. top. Hmm? All right, tell me what. Tell me what. No, like like when he goes into her apartment and he's he's trying to you know go around for the you know like he's like they hate this. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. The piano. Um, yep. It's a little too like creepy. Uh, to where he's like, you know, it's it's almost like to the point of uh, if you don't leave right now, I'm calling the cops. It's I don't, it's really close. It's on the edge of that. <laughs> I don't I don't. All right. I don't get that vibe that much. And I don't want to say I don't want you to think I would side with creepers because I don't. Um, he he. OK. All right. Because he kind of like what? No kiss. All right. Fine. I'll give you that. Um, I don't know that Aggressive. it was. Yeah, well, you think it's all right. It was all right. So maybe a little too much, but not menacing. Can we say he's not menacing? No, I'm just saying it's not. I I would say you gotta you gotta dial it down. (laughs) Okay, all right. I mean, obviously, he eventually gets her, but you know, it it was still like she was like, "Will you please leave?" You know, she's really annoyed with him. Well, I think she. I think she was hiring him. Because she was having troubles, and then this guy comes over, and she's expecting basically Harold, someone of the ilk of Harold Ramis, to come, and they got the guy who's the game show host, and that's his thing. You know what I mean? So, so it's abrasive. It's you don't want to what hang out player. with that person. Yeah, you know, you want to be somebody who's a ad lib. That Sigourney Weaver ad libbed that. She said game show host, and it was supposed to be literally something else that I didn't write down, which was so, so stupid. I can't believe I can't remember this, but. She she ad lib that. Oh yeah, uh, you know what? Here's the thing, though. Didn't didn't Bill Murray basically ad lib everything? Isn't he classic for not knowing his lines? <laughs> he just comes in and says shit. Like, am I wrong on that, or am I right no, on it that? It works. It works. I know that's what I mean. Like he he has this wherewithal, this sense, this comic timing to kind of come in and say whatever, which has to be absolutely aggravating as a director. How about like, and 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 I think they 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 hired Bill. But he hadn't actually accepted the role until he showed up on set because no one can get a hold of Bill Murray. He just and I'm not saying that's a good thing. I mean, I know I was just giving him props, but he must be terrible to work for because he just kind of does his own thing everywhere. Like he did that in Caddyshack. He's just you can't you don't know where Bill's going to be doing or saying whatever. Uh, Steve, but you know like what you're getting, but you, you know what yeah. you're getting. So they let him do it. They're like, hey, mm-hmm. he's probably going to do this. Don't worry. Let him do it. And then, and if they don't like it, I guess they can take it out and post. But a lot of times, I'm sure they like it, and it, and it stays. Oh, yeah. It's no, just- he's phenomenal at that. But um, let's put it this way. He and uh, Ramus were friends, and he ruined him. Uh, yeah. Like they, they, he ruined the friendship in Groundhog Day. Right. Because uh, Ramus yeah. was the um, uh, director of Groundhog Day, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently he was so impossible to work with that yeah. they didn't talk to each other until I think um, Harold died, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. I think Harold died, and then yep. it was like a little too late, like type of thing where mm-hmm. he, you know, didn't quite well, get and, that. And that's kind of my point is that like Bill Murray, like as he's coming up as an actor from Second City and then into SNL and then into these movies in the 80s, like Meatballs and Caddyshack and whatnot. Everything was like, well, Bill's going to, like, to Steve's point, Bill's going to do what Bill's going to do and, like, let him do it and it's going to be great. But if no one ever puts you in check, eventually you become impossible and that Mm -hmm. everything you do is gold and you won't accept that. Um, I think that's what happens with athletes, too. Like, since you're in, since you're in Little League, everybody tells you the best thing ever until you believe (laughs) that you are the best thing ever when you need to be put in check. So I'm not defending Bill Murray's behavior necessarily. All I'm saying is as a character, who doesn't want to be Peter Venkman? The guy who's actually smart, but comes across as cool. Hmm. Like it's the first instance where smart, he's smart. He just doesn't have to show that he's smart. Well, how about he just this, has right? to be cool. Even though his buddies are smarter. Go ahead, Sia. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, yeah. uh, um, can you tell me what uh, what shape is uh, behind this no. card? <laughs> 
Oh my god, I love that part. It is so good, especially with the zapping. Like, and it's just like the, the kid finally gets it right. The kid finally gets it right. This isn't your lucky day. But even like, like they did that kind of they did that kind of stuff in like part two and the beginning of part two because when I was done watching this, they played the beginning of part two, and they were doing this kind of the same thing like. Sigourney Weaver goes over for help and he's like these two people think that they're in counseling and we just keep going in there and rising the heat <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. we keep telling them it's going to be another half an hour it's going to be another half an hour yep. and then they have the little girl with the puppy <laughs> let's see what happens Yo, that was Venkman that was Egon that was doing that yeah he's so funny yeah yeah yeah. Um, he's, he's willing to put any, people under extreme circumstances in the name yeah, of science, no right? Reason. Yeah, exactly. I love they the, have no clue what's going on. Uh, absolutely. Steve so Cole. it's funny, Melanie brought up the Abbott and Costello. And, and this is the first time that I actually watched I watched it today. And I, and I, I was like, wow, I actually felt when, they were, when it was just the three of them, the three stooges a little bit. Like sure. not mm-hmm. to the extreme of the Three Stooges, but like when they they jump into the the Ghostbusters mobile and you see them, they speed up the video as they're speeding up to go to the call, and, and mm-hmm. it was almost like they they didn't know what, you know, almost like when the Stooges take on a task that they're really not ready for, mm-hmm. that kind of awkwardness. Uh, yeah. I definitely I was like, wow, I I never really uh, I didn't realize that before, but but this time I definitely saw some maybe some Stooges. And and go ahead, Jay. I was gonna say I thought it was funny about um, they're talking about how broke they are because they got you know fired from the university and they had to go start this thing on their own and uh, Dan Aykroyd's character Ray he ends up uh, basically getting his what third mortgage on his house third mortgage, just yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah uh, just so that he could uh, start the uh, you know they could start the business and they get that really expensive firehouse and there's arcade games in the back and it's like i'm wondering if that's theirs mm-hmm. or what like they're they look like they're real and yep. lit so i was mm-hmm. like did they spend money on arcade games or they yep. did they come with the firehouse i'm gonna say they probably things. they probably spent or that was probably dr venkman's contribution to yeah, like, well we need oops. these because we gotta we have to be able to right right like, wind down because yep. as they're eating the, the their chinese food and he says you know this this magnificent feast represents the last of the petty cash. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... that's true. I remember that. I want to say something off of what Steve said. So when he was talking about the three the three Stooges, um, I read more than once online that everybody kept referring to them as the um, almost like the the Tin Man and the Wizard. You know, like the Tin Man, the Scarecrow, and mm-hmm. the Lion, because they were talking about. Like Bill Murray being like the mouth of things, and like um, Egon being like the brain, and then Dan Aykroyd being like the heart of things. Sure. So they kept referring to them over and over as the, as the uh, you know, kind of like towards Wizard of Oz. So Winston would be Dorothy. All right. So, um, <laughs> um, which he was supposed to be Eddie Murphy, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. I, and then also John Candy didn't understand. He he was um asked to be in it and he didn't understand the role and he wanted to be like a German accent or something and thought that, that he should have like Rottweilers or something and he like they turned it down mm-hmm. and then for the role of um, Sigourney Weaver Daryl Hannah Oof. Denise Crosby and Kelly LeBrock and Julia Roberts Oof. auditioned for that <laughs> no apparently Sigourney Weaver went in there and they didn't they didn't think that it was going to be her because she was always so serious in movies but she like got she jumped on the couch and started acting like she was a dog all right, so that'll do it. They, uh, you know, yeah. How great is Rick Moranis? Wow. Oh, sure. Oh, perfect. Mm. He, he, um, what a role! Nailed it. He, he kind of did, and you wonder, like, again, this poor guy, um, kind of gets just keeps getting shit on. Like the poor guy, like he doesn't <laughs> know how to make friends. Um, He's so good, though. I know he did such a good job, and you kind of. You kind of feel for him. He finally gets lucky, but it's when he's possessed by a demon. I mean, that's terrible. Um, you know, I love his like. You know, he's introducing people in the party, and he's like, "Yeah, they only have 50 I don't know what it was. I'm like making stuff up, mm-hmm. but he was like, 
$15,000 left on their mortgage, so they're good. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is, like, <laughs> this is why, keeps saying, this is why I invited uh, clients instead of friends. That's such a great line. Because it's yeah. a tax deduction. I know, but that's I like, know. he said that out loud. I know. Uh, yeah. uh, no, he says it out loud and then justifies it by saying, hey, did you have any of the brie? Or whatever it is. Like, Do you think right, it's, it's too not warm even, in here for the brie? Right, but he, he doesn't even <laughs> understand, even like, the people in the room, he doesn't even understand, like, that's kind of an insult. But he's By just, the way, yep. uh, he, 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 that, the woman he dances with at the party, yeah. you guys know who she yeah. is? It's Casey Kasem's no. wife. Casey Kasem's wife. No yeah. way. Oh, my yeah. God. Yep. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh, my that's God. That's so funny. Yep. And I love it like this. I love the rant, the the rambling that he does. It's like, oh, Dan, it's you. Oh, I thought it was the drugstore. You know, mm-hmm. ordered some more vitamins. You know, you know, you shouldn't have your TV on that loud. So I put mine on. It's like this, like just yep. a random thing keeps going. Yeah, I just like him. Oh my god, and, that's so good. And Sigourney is saddled with the responsibility of having somebody that you have to encounter every day, but you know that person. You've been stuck in a conversation with that person. That person just won't stop talking. But you have to see that person every single day. So at some point, she's probably been stuck in a 20-minute conversation about nothing with that guy Mm -hmm. a bunch of times. So eventually, you just have to go, I have to close the door or he won't shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Or she says, okay, maybe we'll come by later. Because she's just like, go away. But he's still talking and he just says bye. And you feel bad. Like, I've been in that situation. Like, I don't have a choice because I'll still be here. You just have to be as polite as possible and go, okay, got to go, see you, click. And it's like... Bit of a stalker because he has a a room full of people, and yet he knows the minute she walks by his door. Mm -hmm. He just opens it up like, what, are you just turning your back on on all your guests? And Mm -hmm. you're like, she should be here any minute. I'm just, oh, there she is. How How does he always know? I thought the same thing. Every time she comes home, he knows exactly... When she's coming, what is he just staring through a peephole? I don't the whole time you know, waiting for her to like. I, I I don't know that it's creepy as much as it's kind it's of creepy. Like, no 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 no. I'm not saying it's not creepy. What I'm saying is I don't necessarily think he's looking through the peephole. I think he it's just like comic omniscience. Like what's the worst thing that could happen to Sigourney Weaver right now? He like she doesn't need to see him right now, but he's gonna be there. He's like he's like Lenny and Squiggy. That's it. Like he's Lenny and Squiggy. They're going to show up at the worst times when you don't want to talk to them and she just doesn't want to be rude, but she's got to be rude because you can't, you can't give this, you can't engage. You can't engage with him because he'll keep going and going and he keeps going and going and going with the people in his apartment too. Um, so I would say, I would say that's a situation. Um, okay, quick. I got a question now. I just want to butt in real quick, take one second. I love that Casey Kasem because I loved him so much. And to hear his voice announcing that the Ghostbuster was blah, 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 and he's on the radio, that just made me feel so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved Casey Kasem. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That That's right. He was on there, right? Everything that I grew up with, like, I just absolutely just love him to pieces. And I, I hated what happened to him throughout the end. And when you said that was his wife, I was like, really? And he's in the movie, um, which so is great. Not yeah. physically, but, like, vocally. Yeah, um, but I just loved him, and I loved that his voice was in there because it felt really good just to hear him. Right. Yeah. Mouth had memory. <laughs> they 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 battled a pesky pol- poltergeist and then danced the night away with the hot ladies or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, yep. For the, uh, um, you could just see them in uniform, like just, just yeah. jamming. But um, now later on in the film, when Rick Moranis's character uh, and Sigourney Weaver's character are both uh, possessed uh, under the, um, you know, as the two, yeah, the keymaster and the gatekeeper, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But do they actually have sex? Yes. Okay. Absolutely, a thousand percent. Because who did? They did. They just didn't show it when they start making Um, out and they they and like they they do like a pan or like a fade out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm if you think about it, what a nightmare! What it's the guy that she's trying to get away from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, no way. like having you? that. Well, they were under a spell, so it's not yeah. as bad. But still, yeah. it's like having that's that the, just on your. Uh, you just know it in the back of your head. That's the. Are you kidding? I never even had that in my yeah. mind, and now you're contaminating my. Freaking no, it's just they were innocent <laughs> thing of Ghostbusters. No, they used the Ghostbusters phallic. The keymaster is phallic, and the gatekeeper is vaginal, and therefore Jesus Christ! Together, what? Wow, yes, that's the whole deal. <laughs> wow, that's it. 
welcome to the welcome to the film crickets. I want to know that. Are you serious? Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the film crickets. Currently, once again, with Jay and Chris. Uh, <laughs> she's like, I'm out of that. here. Um, I don't want to know that. No, Go- Ghostbusters that. has an and asterisk have- next to it now for Melanie. Yep. Mm-hmm. No. If you have the spare key, that's like a threesome, yeah. No. <laughs> no, this is not in my mind. Nice. Hey, you know what, Melanie? I have an idea. It's a trick, okay? Um, when I love a I movie, know, like, I know I'm so weird. Like I can watch horror movies and Halloween and somebody stabs somebody, but every time there's any kind of a sexual like part in a movie, I'm like, just fast forward it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so bad about well, I, I, I have a uh, a know? trick for you. Um, <laughs> when I love a movie and I hate the sequel, I pretend the sequel doesn't exist. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> Like you know, it's like okay. We, so I'm not gonna re- even remember that. Hate, I hate that you just told me that. Well, <laughs> yeah, but you can sorry. choose not to accept it. Why would you think that though? I don't understand. Because why it's, a it's a ritual. It's a ritual. And he said, and she, well, no, no, and Melanie, Melanie, when she's trying to seduce Bill Murray, and she yeah. says, "I want you inside of me," and he says, "I think there's enough, there's enough people in there right now," yeah, because she's looking to copulate the the ritual to bring Gozer the Gozerian in and it has to be a flesh ritual. So they no. she's looking she thinks he's the key master. That's why she <laughs> wants to have sex with Bill Murray. <laughs> this is gonna be a whole other show. Oh, this is, we're gonna have to like put we're gonna have a whole other show the therapy the therapy of Melanie um uh, with Ghostbusters. Okay. So. I wanna know that. Alright, so but you know what? Here's the other thing. I mean this movie really it's a PG movie because it had not um, it came out in the summer of, uh, it came out in, um, uh, June of 84. And I think it was late August when Red Dawn came out. And that was the first PG 13 movie. So think about this. You go see a PG movie. And not only is that whole thing that we just talked about, which was a little more hinted at, but then we have that weird dream sequence where, uh, Dan Aykroyd is getting his pants undone mm-hmm. and like possibly, you know, I don't, you like, know, I don't right? like that. That's weird. And, and, Isn't that and crazy? That's, and that's my argument. With that was it. a good ghost. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. She was a playmate, by the way. All right. She was in real life. Yeah. So, watch me, really? So, here's the problem. Here's, Are you kidding? Here's the problem oh, with that. Is that here's the thing. It's the only, as a kid, I'm watching that movie. I don't know what's going on with that. Right. So I just think it's like something. It's something's fun. happening. It's funny, but I don't because I don't know what that is yet. Right. Know. So I never remember that yeah. part until I. Watched and then it. you watch it now, and it's the only scene that's kind of like regrettable, in my opinion, because it yeah. doesn't do anything for the movie. It's dumb. Exactly. And yeah. from what I read, the original 100%. premise was them going through time. Yeah. Busting ghosts, and like that was supposed. That scene was supposed to have happened when he went back in time which is stupid like it's a stupid idea so the fact that they took a stupid idea and they filmed something that was linked to that original kind of dumb premise and put it in the movie for a like a cheap laugh is dumb like that's just Hmm. dumb so that's my my only grief like when you first see it like doesn't it's the only scene where i go that's just stupid. Like, that's stupid. I thought that, too. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with anything in the movie at all. No. And I read something about that, and it was supposed to be, I guess, like a much larger scene. And I I don't like that either. I think it's weird because a lot of kids have watched that movie, and it's like a big kids movie, so I think it's weird that that's in there to begin with. But I'm also weird about stuff like that. Like I said, like, um, I... I haven't even watched Game of Thrones because I watched like a half of an episode and I was like, no, I don't need to see. Yeah. I don't need to see. I can't handle it. I can't I'm see a, it. I'm in the to. same boat. It's I'm not a prude, but it's like, right, it doesn't, I, it's like, what does this have to do with anything? Unless it was mm-hmm. something that had to do with the story. But even then, let's, let's get, and again, I'm not a prude, but it's like in Ghostbusters, like, I'm sorry, Melanie, the ritual is they have sex, but we don't need to see <laughs> it in order for us to know that it happened. You get what I'm saying? I here? never knew that this happened until you just said Sorry. it. Sorry. Right. And so, I've seen it a thousand times. So this is like news for ah. me. She, she might actually throw the tape out after I tell her this. But speaking of, of sex, <laughs> Ron Jeremy is an extra in the movie. So if you, if you know who Ron Jeremy is, ultimate porn star, he is actually an extra behind the barricades 
uh, in the movie when when the when the fire station blows up because they shut the power off to their holding cell. Oh yeah, um, he's actually he's actually in there. So oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Right, so back to Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, so look, you know what's cool about this movie is that we have scientists. I think what we're kind of another draw that makes it so original and so workable is that we have this pure science fiction movie about ghosts and guys with lasers on their backs, but it's all blue collar. Like they're not, sorry, it's all blue collar. They're in jumpsuits. They're not in like super techno things. They're in an old ambulance. They're moaning about when they get home and they're tired. They're covered in grime and slime. They want to hire, they hire a guy, which again, sorry, the poster only has three white guys on it and they don't mention Winston at all, which is un- unfortunate. Um, he was so good. Yeah, I know he's very good in it, and they exclude him completely, which is not okay. I don't care the other three guys are big stars. There, the fourth guy is a Ghostbuster. Yeah. There's even shots at the end, uh, towards the end, where he's like, you just sort of like barely see him. Yeah. Like, you know, like when they're all like lining up to, to mm-hmm. do stuff. I mean, I'm not sure of the exact moment, but other people have pointed it out that it's it's barely uh, like his, his like head's cut off like at that. Yeah. So, so, Are you kidding? but how great is it? Like to me, that's no, the I'm part. <laughs> like that's a neat deal. Whereas it's, it's they're working class. You know what I mean? They're they're just they're getting a paycheck. They're not really into saving the world necessarily. They would have just kept doing this and just getting a paycheck. Um, and I don't know. I always like that bit because it just makes it. Now I like it. I didn't realize it back in the day, but now I like that that kind of situation because it's. You know, at first they had lofty goals. Oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna touch the ethereal plane, and we're gonna use all these calculations and all of our data. And at the end of the day, it's like, oh god, another free repeater. You know what I mean? It's I don't know. I I think that's an original idea, much better than spacemen and time travel and and all that, which was the original thought. I don't know. Anybody? And they're 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 innovators. I mean, they made a business out of a business that didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they you know they really made something. Said okay. We think there's a need here, and, mm-hmm. and they just went out and obviously he put a, his mortgage on the line and everything else yep. to make this happen. So, so it's kind of cool how, how they were just like, "Hey, let's do this," and, mm-hmm. and it was kind of unheard of, and people didn't even take him serious at right. first. Right. Um, until I mean, granted, their success in business is only predicated or tied to this influx of supernatural activity, which has nothing to do with what they're doing like it just kind of happens at the same time um but whatever um that's that's kind of that thing and also this movie encapsulates and which is why my grief with ghostbusters 2 which i'll get in i'm not going to go deep into it but how well does this movie capture 19 middle early 1980s new york manhattan it's just gross and there's crazy people everywhere and there's newspapers and like it's not like the tourist attraction that it is now it's just kind of it kind of makes you feel kind of gross which is what i think they were doing with ghost it's just you know you got to be something to make it in new york city whereas ghostbusters 2 which i don't think is very good anybody okay well i have to say that um i i can't remember literally all of it but i started watching some of it today Mm -hmm. because it just kind of went from one to two Mm -hmm. And I do remember things that I really liked from that. I love the beginning of it, how um, it was pretty funny that you think they're like on a big mission mm-hmm. and they go to some kid's birthday party yeah. and the kids are like, no, I want He-Man. And they're like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing this again. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think that whole thing was so cute. And I loved like the kid that, well, not kid, but the guy that they had in it while he was like, just certain things that he said, like, um, what was that guy's name, that actor that was- the, Oh, Peter um, McNichol? Is he the one that was like in charge of like the paintings and everything, and he got possessed? Yeah. Oh, Peter McNichol. That's Peter McNichol. He was okay. such a good. He did such a good job, and I literally loved him. Like when he was sitting there saying, "Oh, where's the baby? Woo!" You yeah. Know? And he, was like, <laughs> yeah. he goes, "Oh, he's sleeping. Oh, and I wooed." You know, like mm-hmm. I just remember so many cute parts in that movie. I, I liked that movie. I, think, I really did. I liked it a lot. I think I need to rewatch it. Uh, I think my grief with that, and this kind of links to what I was saying a moment ago about. How this? They make fun of it, though. They make fun of themselves yeah, in the movie, okay. so I think you would like it. All right, it. no, no, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, I think my mm-hmm. issue is when, like, 
New York is New York, and it's hard to live there, at least back in the day. And the end of Ghostbusters 2, they're trying to get... They're saying that the reason everybody is so mean in New York is because of slime underneath it. And the way that you get New Yorkers out of that is to give them a symbol to root for, which is a giant walking Statue of Liberty. I think that just goes a little, little too far. I don't know. Like... I don't think that's going to make people like suddenly might just love. Start running. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't think people are going to start suddenly loving New York City just because they see a giant. In fact, yes, it would cause more fear than anything else. I don't know. <laughs> Trampling um, each other. I love you because you're not just scientific, but I also think that you definitely would have been an amazing psychology professor. Who, what me? Oh, yeah. I try. Um, 100%. And it's funny because Mike. My kids absolutely love that, and they're going to school for that, nope. so majoring in that. And so every time I hear you talk, you're going to more psychology and how people think about things, and you're thinking super deep into the, the – and I, and I love that about you because you're scientific and you're psychology. I, I, I try, but I think it's because I was in therapy. So um, <laughs> so I just listened to it. I didn't really get much out of it, but I certainly listened to what my therapist You did a lot say. of active listening. Yeah, a lot of active listening. That's right. That's right. At one point, therapy was cover him in slime and put a Walkman on him. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right? So um, can, can we uh, – you know, I, I, I don't know how much time, time we, we're going to do this for – can, can we address at least two other things before we start talking about 1984 Ghostbusters? First of all, anybody on the all-female Ghostbusters and your take? I like it. I did, too. I liked it, too, and and I haven't seen the other one yet. I'm dying to see it, but my mom had just had hip mm-hmm. surgery, and then we had that the, a family friend that went in the hospital, and so there's that one with the mm-hmm. kids. Right. And I heard that that was really good, but I, I have not seen I, that one yet. But I saw the girls, and I liked I had, it. Like I said, I went in bar with the bar set low. I'm just like, they're trying to reimagine it. Um, just go with it. I was okay with it. I mean, the, the only reason yeah, you don't like it is because maybe you're annoyed by Melissa McCarthy. Or maybe, like, you just, maybe she just annoys you as a, like, her shtick. It was funny, though. It yeah, I funny. liked it. Yeah, like, yeah. if you don't like I remember, Melissa, I, like, I love all the girls that are I liked in there. It. Like, the two that SNL people that are in there are yeah, my favorite great. SNL. Chris girls, Helmsworth so was hysterical in it. Yeah, he was very He was funny. hysterical then- in it. But, and uh, uh, Kate McKinnon was great. Like yeah. uh, that was like I think that was my first yeah, introduction her. to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not. Yeah. I, I'm not a big Saturday Night Live guy. Like watching them straight yeah, I up. I, I like. I, I'd rather watch like you send me a video of something you saw on Saturday Night Live. I'd rather watch that than yeah. the entire show. Yeah. Waiting for that one bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I really liked her. And remember, like when she came in, started dancing to Debarge. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, like to, and. Uh, yeah, but let's not tell, let's not forget about the other girl that was in there. She's from Kristen Wiig. Yeah, Kristen no, Wiig, no, yeah. I love her. I love her. No, no, yeah. no. It was, um, no, no, no. Um, What's the other girl's name? McCarthy. Uh, Leslie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, Jones. Jones. Yep. Leslie yep. Jones. She is my freaking favorite person. I love. Her. Oh, it was uh, it was awesome. I, I love her, and I love the, the two girls from SNL. Mm-hmm. Like I, every single skit that's from SNL that are my favorite skits are there yeah. in it, and they are my favorite. And I, you, if you have not seen Leslie Jones doing the um, naked and afraid mm-hmm. skit, literally you have to watch it because you'll be laughing your ass off, you'll be okay. crying. It is so funny. She's the and, best. And, <laughs> She's amazing. I think that's the problem. It's like people just look. the The problem is you're making that movie, and there's mm-hmm. the toxic fandom just isn't going to accept it. Like that's just it. Like there's nothing you're gonna do about that, and well, like it, I said, people hated it before they saw it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, at least yeah, watch it exactly first and go say, hey, that it. sucks, you know. Uh, and Afterlife yeah. is good. I saw Afterlife in the theater back when there was like a break in COVID, and I saw it, and I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Like I said, that's one of the yeah, it's 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 okay. I'm dying to see that because I watched Stranger Things and one of the kids yeah. was in there and. And we were waiting to see that together, uh, me and my mom. Mm-hmm. So I cannot wait to watch that. I've just not watched it's, it It's, you know, yet. just go in not expecting, you know, don't expect to be blown away like 84. Just go watch it. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, fine. Like, whatever. Just chill. Like, just relax. It's, so, it's fine. You know what I mean? Anyway. Steve? As a kid, I remember going to New York City right after Ghostbusters. And, and I didn't know anything about New York City. But after watching the movie... My brother and I, we went on a visit to New York City, and we were able to go walk by the library, and we saw the lions mm-hmm. and the staircase. I'm like, oh, my God, that's where Ghostbusters are filmed. Mm-hmm. And, and it was cool, as you talk about, 
se- sections of the city where they actually recorded the city. It was cool, you know. It was it was New York City. Yeah. It was New York City, nineteen eighties, and it, yep. and that was that was a lot of fun. And, and you go back and you, let, and you watch it today. Mm-hmm. It's got that nostalgic view mm-hmm. of the eighties in New York City. The firehouse is still there. They're still used yep. as a firehouse. Um, wow. They sell T-shirts if you go there. Uh, it's Ladder Eight of, New, of FDNY, and you can go in there. And they they even have some the the Ghostbusters signs are still in the in the firehouse and pretty cool. And and, they, and if you read online, a lot of people will go there and they say that they're super cool um, to people to to you know check it out and, and buy a T-shirt. So right. so people still stop by that station. But I, I just I, I, I just think they really encapsulate grimy New York City. And it's like a special kind of person to live in New York in, in the middle 80s. It's a special kind of person now. I'm not that kind of person. Um, it's not my cup um, of tea. But I do have to... I'm a country person. I like being more with the trees mm-hmm. and nature. But um, just watching the movie made me want to go to New York. And I've been wanting to go to New York forever and just go to see all the Christmas windows mm-hmm. and... So many different things, and so just watching this movie, I wanted to go to New York so bad, and I wanted to like go see the, just everything. Mm-hmm. So it made me want to go there. I, 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 I think New York is a pretty cool place. A lot of things, a lot of cool things happen there. No, would I not want to go there at night by myself <laughs> in certain places? No, but you know, I would, I absolutely would love to go there, and uh, I think it would be an amazing place. It's funny. We, it's one of those movies that we haven't fully talked about it, but I think if you haven't seen the movie already, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. it's odd that you should be listening to this episode or watching this episode. Sure. So, um, I don't well, think we have to cover every detail of this film. No. Like we would have normally, yeah. because it's just so freaking like you know. I say cover goofy things, talk about some trivia yeah. and whatever. Like it's just it's one of those we can't. It would take a two-hour show for us to cover it all. I think. Sure. All right. So let's get the final judgment then. It's time now for final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. All right, now it's time for final judgment. Up until this point, this has all been opinion, but now opinion becomes fact, and we set in stone the answer to the question, does this movie stand the test of time? Cool. Let's start with Steve. Steve! <laughs> all right, so the way I look at it is this. Um, real quick, when I was when I was in high school, we went to this haunted cemetery, and you know, there's some people don't believe in ghosts and spirits, and it was a book like you talked about earlier, Chris. It was uh, New England's top haunted cemeteries, and it was over by where you used to live, and it was in the middle of the woods. Oh yeah, these guys went out, and I didn't do it. But it was an old town that was deserted, and all there is, they say if you get into the cellar holes, you might hear stuff. We went into a cemetery, there was a few uh, tombstones, I didn't do it, but some guys had kicked over one of the tombstones, I don't like doing that. But when I had, I had a flashlight, it was the middle of the night, and when I went to go look at, I wanted to just see what the writing was on, on the tombstones were, my flashlight died out of nowhere. So okay. like, I could not see any of the writing on the tombstone. Now, that could be coincidence, but, you know, I, I, you hear all these stories. And so I, I think that if you're talking about spirits and ghosts, I think that there will always be. I don't think it will all it will never go old. I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. I think it's a topic that will be with us for forever. Sure. Um, I think this is a, a, a comedy film more than it's a scary film. It has some scary parts. So for some people, this might be just, you know, it's like when you have a, a chip that's spicy, but it's not too spicy for those who don't like it too <laughs> spicy. It's just enough, right? Sure. Just to say you had mm-hmm. something somewhat spicy. Yep. So you could play this with someone and say, hey, it's a little scary, mm-hmm. but it's not a really a horror sure. film, and you're going to laugh probably more than you're going to be scared. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a film I think for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a sci-fi film, so I am actually going to go out and say it does stand the test of time. Sure, uh, I agree, uh, Steve. Like this is my kind of gateway drug into horror movies because it was the first scary thing I saw on big on a big screen. Um, and while I wasn't ready for it, it scared me, but I kind of liked it. So um, since I'm talking, I'll go quick, and I know we're under the gun a tad. I'm going to say the following. I'm going to say that. Um, it holds up, uh, because it does like, I like what Steve said. It's a, it's content that I don't think will ever get old to anybody. Everybody has interest in this. Uh, the, the special effects are a little sketchy, but I'm going to go on a limb and say that, um, if you look at the, um, movies that made us documentary on this, this movie was made in under a year. And even at the time, they rushed the special effects. 
So there are certain shots in this that look crappy in 84, even for 84 standards, because they had to get it done so quick. Like there's a composite of the, the, the hotel or the apartment building and the top doesn't really fit with the bottom and it just doesn't sync up. And there's a lot of like things they did with basically shoestring and gum, but it still looks great, but there are certain things. So even for 84, the effects weren't great. You know what I mean? Um, Empire Strikes Back, Empire Strikes Back looks a, a thousand times better than this movie. Um, I don't think that matters. I, I just think it's, it's generally just good storytelling. I think it holds up. Um, yeah, just for that reason. So you can't say the special effects don't hold up because it didn't hold up in 84. Um, so, so yeah, it holds up. That's, that's where I'm at. So J or Mel, any, anybody, anybody? <laughs> any. No, Jay, do you want to go to No, go ahead, yeah. Okay, so, you know, I always have some tidbits I want to add in if I didn't get a chance to do it. I'm going to say it holds up because if it didn't hold up, why why do people keep trying sure. to remake it? <laughs> yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, we've got the, the one with the girls and now we got the one with the kids. And so I definitely think it holds up. I think as far as the special effects go, the only thing I, the only thing, you know, I mean, obviously some things look a little cartoonish with the laser beams and all that, but that's what they had back then. Um, the ghost in the beginning of the library to me was the scariest part. I was never scared with the rest of the movie, but I remember watching the beginning of that movie and I thought that was the scariest part. And I thought that looked amazing. And I can't picture them even nowadays doing that any differently. It looks so mm -hmm. good. Um, I will say that they spent the hugest amount back then. It was just huge with special effects. I know it doesn't look amazing nowadays, but back then, one of the hugest percentages of their $30 million budget was spent on special effects. They actually had a special effects team that came in. And I want to talk about the Stay, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man because that was my favorite part. And if you look, go and look at that movie because, and you look at that end, nowadays you still couldn't do that any better. It was sure. so good. I mean, they, they had, and I'll tell you how they did it because I, I just found this out. So they actually built a huge replica of New York with all the buildings and it was a miniature. Um, it wasn't miniature like this big. It was miniature like where if you put a suit on, the buildings were the same, like, you know, 20 foot tall or whatever. You like, so they had a guy in there, which was um, Brian, um, oh, Bill Bryan. Mm -hmm. He put a huge suit on and it was made out of foam. And parts of it were made out of inflammable foam, inflammable foam. And then the legs and the arms were sculptured. And they had three heads that they used for different expressions when he was happy or sad or in shock or whatever. So, um, but basically they, they took the, the um, Ghostbusters and they put them up against a blue screen. And then they, they had somebody that was an amazing artist that, that was painting all these backgrounds and put a matte painting behind it, combined it together with the man who was walking in the suit. And it also took them a long time to figure out how they want him to walk. Do they want him to walk like Godzilla? Or do they want him to kind of like swing his arms or whatever? And they ended up doing it more like a Godzilla type of walk. And um, with the guy in the suit with the huge miniature set, which was huge. I mean, like bigger, way bigger than your houses in your neighborhood was a miniature set with this guy walking down the street with a painting and the blue screen. They put this whole thing together. And if you look at that, there's no way they could do that any better. Um, the gargoyle dog type scene that was kind of running down the street. Yeah, no, that was that bad. Wasn't yeah, it's not good. For me, it was pretty bad. But back then, that's what they had. Um, so, and then the um, everybody probably knows this by now, but when everybody was covered in all that, you know, white stuff that was supposed to look like um, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man after he blew up, that was shaving cream. They dropped huge, huge laundry bags full of shaving cream down on people. And uh, one of the guys had said, is this going to hurt? And they're like, I don't know. So, <laughs> Maybe. Uh, anyway. That feels and, wonderful. Um, I thought edgy. it was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I imagine that burns your and eyes. Then, um, yeah. So they did, they did like back then. I know this is, doesn't seem amazing for special effects, but they put more money in it than any other movie had ever put for special effects at this time. And they did an amazing job. They had a whole crew for this. Um, one of the people actually worked on Poltergeist. Anyway. Um, I also want to tell you that the Ghostbusters name might have not been Ghostbusters because there was a children's show back in the 1970s mm -hmm. um, called Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters, and it was owned by Universal Studios. And so they couldn't get that title. So they wanted to, they were trying to name it like 
ghost breakers mm-hmm. or ghost stoppers or ghost smashers, which kind of, if you guys ever watch Supernatural, which is one of my favorite shows, is kind of funny. If you guys, if you go watch that show, you'll know what I'm talking about. But finally, Columbia Pictures um, was given the rights. They bought $500,000 worth of the title um, and 1% of the film's profits to get that name, Ghostbusters. Or we could have had mm-hmm. some dumb name. Um, and then a couple of weird things. Um, in the um, article, uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd wrote an article of quantum physics and parapsychology about an idea of trapping ghosts. And that's where he got the idea for this whole thing. He was very, even though this is a comedy, he, he truly believed in all of this. And he truly believed that you could maybe trap spirits. And this is where he got the ideas besides of his family was from that book. And I just wanted to add, how weird is it that at the very end of the movie, um, when Bill Murray is kissing Sigourney Weaver, was that not an awkward kiss or what? I thought that was, you gotta go watch it. It was so awkward. She like did not look like she really wanted mm-hmm. to kiss him. It was just really weird. And where did she get all that marshmallow stuff on her head? Because when they pulled her out of that, you know, dried up looking crispy ghoul dog thing, her hair was in perfect condition, except for maybe it was like a little frizzy. It did not have any marshmallow no. on top. So when she walks to the bottom, all of a sudden it's like somebody took this like this huge container of marshmallow and said, let's just throw it on her head. <laughs> Where did it come from? She wasn't even anywhere. She got it in a transfer while uh, they were helping her out. Yeah. I don't know. It's like part of the sex helping ritual. Helping her out of the statue. Bill Murray has the it's part of the sex ritual. It's part of the sex ritual. You just automatically get shaving cream on your head. I don't want to know about this. Right. <laughs> J-Man, does this, right. does this hold jokes. up or not? So many jokes. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, every, um, every Halloween, the song comes pumping in through everything. In fact, my kids think that this song is a Halloween song straight up. Like, sure. I'll play it in the springtime, like late spring, uh, early summer. Just <laughs> like, like, I'll, I'll have playlists that go for just years. So I will like have one that's for 84 and I'll play that and I'll have stuff that is lined up. That would be like in the springtime or like summer that I know specifically reminds me of that time. Mm -hmm. And that comes on and they're like, it's not Halloween. I'm like, this was a summer release. And they have like, they they really can't grasp that concept because every Halloween parade is like, um, so I mean, Parker Jr. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, a little like side trivia on that. Uh, he got, uh, sued by Huey Lewis in the news because they they found it similar to I want a new drug mm-hmm. the uh the, oh the, the I didn't know that and it was like settled you know but uh so yeah I thought that was kind of interesting but that being said you, this movie has not gone away mm-hmm. so it absolutely holds the test of time because it stays never mind the fact i mean of course you know i agree with uh, melanie uh, the, it's being remade all the time uh, in in other ways you know like it's not like they're trying to have Egon and uh, everybody like be there at the uh, beginning again, mm-hmm. but it just it stays in uh, our world. It has not left, and people still enjoy it. I'm a little uh, shy about showing this to my seven year old because I just don't want it to scare him yet. You know what I mean? Like if you know what I mean, he's seven, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much he's going to understand so i'm going to wait a little bit you know that type of thing because of those weird little eerie parts and it'll uh it'll come around it'll, it'll it's, but it's not like uh you know i'm not saying i would knock somebody down for showing it to their seven-year-old i'm just talking about in my life it's like i look at that and eh, i may scare him a little bit you know like or mm-hmm. maybe you know so either way uh it has not left ever it's still here and of course it holds the test of time it's very popular today so yep amen to that super awesome very cool just want to say thank you for having me absolutely man i really appreciate you coming on like steve i even before i was on the show i loved listening to you so some of my favorite episodes that you were on and i was i was like please get steve on here we bring (laughs) him out we bring him out every once in a while because we like to make it a a treat you know like we brought him on every week you know dust them off (laughs) <laughs> my favorite episode that you were on was one of the Halloweens. Yeah, it was yeah, both. Yeah. It was both Halloweens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I Absolutely. love I love that. And you guys, you got we got to do something with that cuz you know I love that. All right. All right. 
So we'll, we'll, we'll do Halloween, the, the revisited yeah. episode. Um, or like one of the other ones we haven't done. But, yeah. but Steve, I want you to be on it. I want I want all of us four to be on it. <laughs> all right. Um, I'll watch it again. No problem. Cool. Uh, well, that was our show. And uh, I would like to thank Steve for joining us today. And um, uh, uh, look at this. I have uh, on my copy, it says, we'd also like to thank Steve Lavoy mm-hmm. for our introduction. <laughs> and Draco and the Malfoys for our theme music. And I got to tell you, that is such a great song. So many people, like, you know, I mean, my kids are always singing it, and it's great. Uh, so, uh, stuck in your head. <laughs> it is. It's a good shower song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, or a sex listen, ritual please. song. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> or a sex <laughs> ritual song. Whatever. Oh, my God, shut up. <laughs> um, so, listen, please like rate and uh, subscribe and uh, you gotta listen you gotta help us out by subscribing to our YouTube and liking the videos and uh, rate and review please and uh, I'm Jay Fortier and on the behalf of Chris and Melanie I'd like to thank you again for joining us here on the Film Crickets and until next time movies may not age like fine wine but we drink them anyway alright take care bye everybody bye Film Crickets Chirping about movies